Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smart Las Filipinas podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the SGP podcast. Stan C, Romaran, and Raf Camus here to talk about the wonderful week in wrestling once again. My, what a packed week that was. We started with well, we started with the weekend where we had Octoberplex, which is why uh, this will also be the review episode. So we've got our guest Kelfabi. He's cu- uh, going to come in later on to talk about Octoberplex. All the all the things that happened. Uh, he's also breaking down certain characters, particularly ones that he's got his eye on and characters that are on the rise. So so he'll he'll uh, break everything down later on. For now, though, we have to talk about three huge things that happened this week in the WWE. Huge! So, I mean, gonna... Yeah. Huge! We'll start off with the most recent one, that being uh, news coming out that Neville walked out of Raw and that... It reportedly led to the Cruiserweight Championship title change happening in the main event of Raw. Okay, so we have another CM Punk situation in our hands. Uh, guy wants to leave? No, Guy is... No, it's not that simple. Guy is unhappy because other people get, you know, get the rub over him. Or he's being held down in a way. Yeah. And when he's scheduled to lose to Guy, he doesn't like... He decides to walk out the show. Not necessarily out of his contract, because we don't know that yet. Yep. But he reportedly uh, left the show because he, he didn't want the job to Enzo Amore in what have, what was eventually going to be the championship lumberjack match, which was kind of eerily timed, yep. by the way. Uh, championship, cruiserweight championship lumberjack match in which Kaliso, the newest member of the cruiserweight division, won. So, a lot of different things here. Obviously, that wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. It obviously wasn't the plan for that show. Uh, it was supposed to be a non-title match, and Kalisto versus Enzo was going to happen at TLC later this month. Would you say that this is a soft reset for the Cruiserweight division, especially after Enzo came in, did the whole no-contact clause thing, and then how Kalisto <sighs> comes in as the one member that's not uh, part of that contract? Sure. It's, I mean, it may look like a soft reset, but it... Doesn't have to be. Apparently, it's it's an element of it's an element. It's a reset of the of the established regime, but it's not eliminating what is what was already just reset. That's kind of what a soft reset is, Carlos. Oh. Dear boot camper Carlos, this is what Stan and I were telling you about last Sunday. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> uh because Stan just explained what the soft reset is very well, better than I ever would have. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> thank you for making us all look... Thank you for lowering the IQ in the room. The entire IQ of this room has been lowered by Graf Kamas. It's pretty low. 
So, so because it's a soft reset, I actually figured out that if uh, Neville isn't happy with the way he's being treated, then I think that it was a panic move by the company to get the no contact clause out of the way, as you mentioned. Because it was only there as long as Enzo was champion. So if you're going to try to appease a guy who wants results now, you're going to have to do something quick. And that was the only way to make sure he could still challenge for the championship. But you remember how when CM Punk did this, he kind of had leverage because he was that big of a name. Does Neville have this sort of leverage already? Apparently they do, because for one, they're officially denying that he left. So they don't. For, no that tells us that tells us that they don't want him to go anywhere, because that, that also implies that he is actually pretty very valuable to the company, and he actually is because he he did have uh, the reputation of building the entire or carrying the entire cruiserweight division all year on his back. So if we're gonna go by that, then yes, he does have almost the same leverage as CM Punk did in 2014. So, mm. yeah, and if I were WWE, I would also be very stupid if I let him walk. So, world of talent. Yeah, yeah, you know that. So, if I'm gonna do a panic move just for him, that also kind of says how valuable it is, uh, how valuable he is to the company. But the question now here is is it too little, too late? Because you can try all the things you need to to make sure that Neville's a walk. But if he's already seen right through you and your shitty efforts to get him over, especially after he's been doing the work, what else is there to do it? I say at this point, there's a, 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 a debate of two different issues. The What we're assuming, because we don't actually know yet, there, it's, it's, it's entirely speculation at this point. But we're assuming Neville walked away because... Uh, the cruiserweight division was getting all this, all the spotlight, all this buzz, all this attention after Enzo Amore comes to the division and eventually becomes cruiserweight champion. Mostly because, not because he was good, but because, because he was he, Enzo Amore. Because he yeah. was Enzo Amore, and that means he was controversial and pretty scandalous. So at that point, and also pretty much a good talker, yeah. he is the rock of the cruiserweight division. So at this point. Uh, you only get the spotlight after he arrives. But is it also fair to Neville, who has been working his ass off, but he didn't get any support from whoever is deciding what goes on? Writing, booking. Yes, yes, Camus, decision yes, makers. Yes. Basically everything. Uh, you take a look at SummerSlam weekend. Dun palang, uh, it was very. It was very stupid the way that they did things. Like they had Akira Tozawa win the championship a week before SummerSlam, have never win. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have never win it back noon SummerSlam during the pre-show, right? in a match that didn't really have enough time to get a story going. So that tells you how much they or how little they valued the cruiserweight division mm-hmm. at the time. Austin Aries uh, challenges for three straight months and doesn't get anything. Yeah, and then now you have uh, the cruiserweight division main eventing Raw three straight weeks. Just because Enzo is there, Deva. So who do you side with? Because on the on one hand, Enzo is, uh, I guess, a good enough argument to 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 shine a spotlight on the cruiserweights the same way they did. But on the other hand, Neville has been putting all the work in, all and, the technical wrestling in. Yeah, so. At that point, you can only blame WWE for not giving him the support he needed. So who do you side with, really? 
I think uh, I mean, if, I, if I were to be asked I would always go against WWE for not giving the political will uh, to mm. someone like Neville because you could see that the effort was there mm. uh, Neville was the foundation or, or the building block for the Cruiserweight division to be what it is like even if you put in Enzo Amore given all that heat given all that flack he's been receiving if the Cruiserweight division wasn't as steady as it had been because of Neville and his work I don't think it would have made that big of a difference Yeah. If, and if we're talking about talking if we're talking about my skills then it doesn't matter because even though they're two completely different uh, talkers, uh, Neville has gotten better enough to carry himself as a top heel. And, you know, Enzo is just funny. That's why he's the rocket. But um, people like funny, sure. But uh, all the same, hasn't Neville done enough to carry the division on his back, the show on his back? So there, uh, those are really the two the, the two arguments at play. And I, I think right now, you can't really say that one is completely right and one is completely uh-huh. wrong, or even that one is more weight over the other. Sure. <laughs> it's really more of what you value more, which is why I brought up my, my take now. I value more the fact that WWE is in the wrong for not giving Neville the political will he deserves. Yeah, that is what I think as well. Because uh, if you have someone who's doing well, the best thing you should do is support that guy and make sure you position him in a in a way that maximizes his talent and potential. And, and that's how you create more stars. About like, uh, going, um, I, I guess something to to. Pre- I wouldn't say predict, but like to touch on something Kel Fabi would say later on in the review, uh, it has something to do with building your pipeline to make sure that you always have stars being built up. Yeah. And that, that really is a good business practice. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do that, then um, things are going to keep uh, running in place. And that's, that, that's not the ideal way to, to run your business. And that's, that, that, that's not limited to just wrestling. Right. Um, a- any other thoughts on the Neville situation before we get to this next bit, or are, are, are we good? Pretty good. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. pretty much all I wanted to bring up. All right. Now, uh, another thing that happened this week was the much-awaited Shield reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, we've we've been teased about this not not just for weeks. I would say that from the moment Seth Rollins turned face, we've been getting teased with this already. Even before, yeah, even actually. Before. Even before. Yeah. But there were there were moments that even as heel he yeah you know yeah they, the they cross paths yeah yeah they cross they would cross paths every and now and then a, pretend to be friends yeah, for a minute D- Dean and Roman would you know team up oftentimes uh, occasionally yeah before the brand yeah. split yeah. yeah and then Dean and Seth ended up becoming tag team champions so uh, there, there, there was a question that our very own Nicole Saul asked on on Smart Henry when, on when her she review, said yeah, yeah during, in, in her raw review she asked that if uh, Roman was so affected by this uh, why wasn't he part of the Shield reunion when Dean and Seth got together para porket their friends now Roman can just come in and it'll be just like old times yeah and then I had to point out to her now when you think about it even though Seth did smash Roman's back into pieces back in 2014 it was Dean who had the more emotional gravitas post turn mm-hmm. like uh, Seth really had to mend fences with Dean more than Roman yeah. Yeah. because Dean was the more unstable personality if Seth and Dean could get along then Roman could just fit in and trust Dean's judgment because Dean and Roman never fought yeah uh, Seth and Dean had the more protracted fight anyway yeah so at that point they had the worst wor- the, the worst blood no the worst burn bridge ah. yeah yeah so uh, that said Let's get to one of your questions, Ro, that you asked on, on, on the Facebook group. Was it too late to, to pull the trigger on the Shield reunion? Was the timing right? Or is it too early? 
Because I can't really put my finger on how I feel about it right now. I'm excited. I like the new merch. I like Roman again. But I can't tell you if... Yeah, yeah. I actually like okay, Roman Reigns again just... for the first time in three years. Okay. But I can't put my finger on what I feel about the timing. To me, it's obviously being forced to for an event. Eh? For like the five-year anniversary of a shield. So... It wasn't something very organic. You can see it coming because of the way they moved the pieces together yeah. on the board. So, parang suddenly after after uh, the brand split. No, shut up, Camus. Okay. After the last pay per view, after the last. Um, mm, okay. Who was, who did Roman fight again? Roman was Cena. Right. Yeah, yeah, Roman Cena. Cena. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And so, parang okay, automatically after Cena he gets Miz, right? And it so happens that Miz has his own lackeys, right? Who happen to be two henchmen. That makes them three. At that point, palang alam na mamiyare. Even before, even if you didn't read any rumors, right? Okay. Just be, just by the virtue of the fact that Roman was going up against three people, and then he switched out for uh, the bar, which also had been feuding with with Dean and Seth. All the more that you can see that it was coming from a mile away. Mm. So to me, I think that if uh, if the Former Shield members are fighting three completely different entities who would happen to come together in a more organic way. And I, I feel like Miz and the Bar got together because, oh, it so happens that we're fighting the three ex members of the Shield. Maybe we should get together and neutralize this threat as a team, as a stable, right? So it didn't feel so organic to me. So if it were a little more or if a little less heavy-handed, then mm. I guess that no matter what it, what date it was, where or how far along they were, I would have bought it even more. Prior to today, though, or prior to this week uh, in 2017, was there a time when the timing was right? Now it was organic, and you would have bought a Shield reunion because of where all the pieces were at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Remember that time when they were fighting? Uh, they were in a fatal four-way at that. Yeah, the three of them. I can't remember who the fourth guy yeah, was. Yeah, I can't remember who the fourth guy was. I'm not sure if it was Brock or someone. No, it wasn't Brock. Anyway, they, I, I they were in the same match together, yeah. and then yeah. they decided to. Might have been Orton. Yeah, yeah, Randy yeah, Orton. Yeah, yeah. I think that was post Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they were all in the same match, and they they weren't on the same side, but they eventually they got together uh, briefly for the reunited. Bomb. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, that, that might have been something to build on. Because it, it wasn't like a, um, a premeditated move to get there. Yeah. All right. I was actually going to say now, if you go back as far as the brand split, now, just having them all on the same show would sort of indicate, eh, maybe it's within the realm of possibility. They just need to pull the trigger. Actually, I, I could say the same thing. I would actually agree with that because, um, and I'm going to use uh, our next topic as an example. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They've never been split apart as a result of the brand split. Yep. So it, at the back of my head, I always uh, had this idea that they were going to find a way to make these because they paths always find cross a way. again. Right? They always find a way. So same principle with the shield. Now there will always be money in these three moving parts interacting with, with one each another. other. Yeah. So at some point, a reunion was going to happen. Now. Yeah. Um, I like the wrinkle of having Braun Strowman in 
kasi him as the insurmountable force on uh, the heel side puts the shield in a position of, of adversity yeah. and that's what you need to really build a good baby face especially when you still need to build credit for someone like Roman Reigns true yeah. you still need to build you, you still need it's to build that baby random, face goodwill but I, I can buy it actually yeah. I can buy it because all of them it. have had issues with Strowman over the summer yeah yeah, in some shape or form yeah so uh, it, it makes sense it's coherent um Konting mema, pero it's mema I can uh, let slide. Yeah. No? So, I, I don't even think a fourth person is necessary for TLC. Because even if the Shield lose, which I think they will because of Braun Strowman, um, it still puts them in a position where you don't really lose, the, they, they don't really lose stock. Mm-hmm. Mm. Their stock doesn't take a hit, is what, I, yeah. what I'm trying to say, right? So, because the Shield reunion yeah. alone is already... Oh, it's a big deal. Such a big deal. My one fear about the Shield and, say, this reunion and the uh, succeeding split whenever that's going to take place is it might lose its luster the way DX is did. Because um, remember when DX reunited again in, like, 2009 mm-hmm. or 2010 and people were like, Stop, guys. You're still alive. You're still alive. Yeah, this is... This is they're, still, they're still in the prime of their careers. Yeah, because, like, when the Shield started, there was so much potential that was untapped into Diba? Mm. Now, no one was no one was a world champion yet. Now all of them are, have been world champion. Now, the good thing about the Shield reunion to me is even if it's too late or too soon, uh, what they needed all of them actually was a reset. So I think the reunion gives them that opportunity to wipe the slate clean again. Okay, maybe the singles careers didn't all work out for the best. So if if the time comes for the shield, for the reunion shield, to break up again, they have a little bit of uh, blank slate to work, rework their singles careers again. It's probably like a reboot for everyone involved. I'm not sure if you guys noticed this in the backstage segment where Charlie Caruso interviewed the Shield, but there was genuine glee in their eyes. It's not something you see every day, because in, in in characters, especially when these events happen, and yeah. they, they team up again. But you could see that there was that genuine joy in all of their faces. And just to go back to that point I made about Roman Reigns earlier, yeah. he's he's easy to root for again. I don't know why. I think it's because Seth and Dean are magnetic so enough on their own that they 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 carry uh, Roman Reigns up with them, or the fact that. Roman just stopped being a douchebag <laughs> because he's back with the band. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something That's about him enough. being associated with Seth and Dean that it just lowers his douchebag rating. <laughs> douchebag rating. Yeah, maybe because he doesn't have to try as hard anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, uh, th- that, th- that's something you, sh- you used to say a lot nah, in the six-man tags. He oh, would always... Yeah. No, 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 it's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. Because now he's uh, come back into the Shield as a much better wrestler. But at this point, parang, he doesn't have to try as hard as a character anymore. Parang, uh, he is back with a group that easily gets heat, the right kind of heat for him. And now parang, it might be that he doesn't feel as much pressure anymore to be... Uh, the magnetic the singles guy because yeah. that's something that he now shares with the other yeah. two guys because yeah. he's now the burden, in, the he's burden. now in the group that people like yeah the burden is off of his shoulders yes. and the roles are clearly defined uh, yeah. for all three of them and yeah it goes back then to what I said that if the time comes for the shield to break up again maybe just maybe Roman Reigns will be saddled with a different gimmick alright mm. Okay, let's uh, get to SmackDown now. And the biggest, the biggest storyline coming out of SmackDown is something that really affects Kamos and his tatas, and that is the Sami Zayn heel turn. So we speculated before SmackDown that ah, it's probably not a heel turn, but I think at this point we can clearly say that it is. 
Alright, God, let me... Doesn't make it any easier! Alright, shut the fuck up, and let me ask you this question. If you were such a Sami Zayn fan, why wouldn't you support his reasoning about why he turned heel? I support it. Huh? I so, so why are you no, no. acting like a drama king? It's just... It... it... Why? Yeah, are, you, are you... No, okay. no, this is... Let me, let me explain. Let me explain. Oh, wow. Let me explain. Just wow. God. Wow. Okay, go on. You're done, you're done, you're done. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. The thing is, I buy into the reasoning. Okay. Now, he was trying... It, it's the nice guy's finish last thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And he is a nice guy. Sure. But he doesn't have to be a nice guy forever. He doesn't okay. have to become an edgelord overnight. He doesn't have to become... Well, he wasn't an edgelord, though. No, that's, that's not overnight. He doesn't have to go there. That problem is an extreme. Oh. But if he plays into, you're my brother, I'll support you. Um, what else? That the McMahons have gone too far with this. Oh. I can buy into that. Oh. I'm at peace that he will still be goofy. He will still get things done. He can still sort of be the conscience to the extremes that Kevin Owens might go into, the okay. same way that he was as, you know, his former El Generico at times. But as long as you can still see Sammy, I'm okay with it. So, may a drama king. Uh, yes. Okay. Wow. What a douchebag. Glad we've established that dickery of yours. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm over uh, it. I'm over uh, it. <laughs> Because they did actually uh, write really well uh, it's this 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 heel turn, it's which isn't, it doesn't seem like a heel turn at first, but only it, because you uh, he lays out his reasons and say and pretty much are you know, you know they're actually anti-establishment yeah. and anti-world, World. anti-society at large. So it's not so much as him being an edge lord; it's just him being jaded. Yeah, actually. which everyone has the right to be at yeah. certain points yeah. in their careers. Which is why this, like, this is really super relatable. Yeah, because so many of us have gone to that place. Oh. I'm actually glad that he wasn't uh, an Elsh Lord or a Moody heel now. Yeah, that was the biggest detail I loved. Uh, I-, I loved most about his performance this week. Because normally, when someone turns heel, after uh, the next show, after they turn heel, There's they'll come out all long, angry. Yeah, and then they'll have a diatribe where they just rant about everybody. Sammy kind of Sammy kind of did he did have his monologue where he bitched about everything, everything wrong that happened to him but he was still the same goofy smiley guy yeah. Yeah. and that's what separates him from someone like Dolph Ziggler or every other big show heel turn in the yeah. past yeah he that, doesn't have to do 180 the sad part is that it's actually the saddest heel turn ever because uh, because he's actually approaching it uh, from a happy-go-lucky viewpoint mindset it's Pretty telling of where his headspace is at right now. Okay, it's more of like a fuck the world. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, and you're gonna like it, whether, whether uh, no matter, like, who, no you matter are, who you are, whether you're the victim or you're a supporter. Yeah, but it's you say with guys like Kevin Owens, if they're mad, they're just mad. You say it's a natural response to whatever bullshit is happening in yeah. the world or your own personality. But if you're at that point where you are jaded, but you are choosing to not give a fuck how you come across, and you're actually just gonna uh, laugh, you're gonna do you? If you're just gonna actually laugh it off, that's actually more psycho than you think. Yes, 
actually, yeah, that's what I loved about it. Because he's still coming out the worlds apart. Uh, he's still raising up his arms and mockingly telling people to cheer for him. And he's still trying to engage people. Oh, here I am. Am I not who you like? Am yeah. I not your hero? Why are you not cheering? He's, he's, he's challenging what you like. Mm. He's challenging your world belief. Sad part is... Uh, it's actually a bad influence. And the sad part is... <laughs> There is a case to be made. Yes. In what is. he's saying. There is. Yeah. yeah that is actually the pretty, the really saddest part of it all. That, that there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, right? And there is credence. It, but the good thing is, whoever, whichever baby face he'll, he'll be facing in the future, whether it's Shane McMahon or whoever, whatever else have you, whatever else have you, uh, it would magnify the baby face character even more. So now it's, on to you, it's up to you as the good guy here to uphold the ideals and make sure that they shine through despite the saddening reality of, of life. Yeah. So... Uh any other thoughts on the Sami Zayn thing? Because I'm just excited to see where this goes. I'm just happy that they wrote it the way they did. Yeah. Mm. I can live with it. Okay, whatever. Okay, all right. Now, uh, before we get to uh, the review of October Plex, let me just mention real quick, another thing that happened this week is Jimmy Jacobs was fired from WWE, at least uh, with the Dirt Sheets report, um, as Over a result of Instagram. him having taken pictures with the Bullet Club when they invaded Raw yes. last week. Yeah, yeah, last week. Last week Sacramento, yeah. 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 This is another yeah. case of WWE being petty. But at that point, he kind of he kind of brought it on himself. Yeah. Because he was fraternizing with the enemy. Yeah. But don't the other wrestlers fraternize with the enemy anyway? Not like that. No, they don't make it public. And they don't make it... Oh no, they don't, they don't associate themselves when the enemy is being petty as well. Yeah. So if the WWE is being petty, it's only because the, the enemy decided to make it petty as well. Enemy being it's bullet It's for that. Mm. It's tit for that at this point. Jimmy Jacobs is going to land on his feet. He's going to yeah. be okay. It's Jimmy Jacobs, so yeah. it's fine. I mean, he, I know he, he, he can to stop wrestle if he really wanted if to. If he wanted to. Is he like old? So, so, yeah, he is I, old. I, I, yes, I he's old. Very much. Yeah. He's like 40s. late 30s. 40s about? Early 40s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, nobody yeah. ever really retires. Yeah. At the end of the day, if, if the Bullet Club picks him up, all well and good. He goes back to the Indies, all well and good. He could go back to Evolve. All right. It's not terrible. All right. Yeah, sure. Okay, that brings us to the review of PWR Live Octoberplex brought to you by Kel Fabi. And uh, it's gonna be it's actually gonna be a fun one because we do a deep dive into certain characters and certain nuances in the stories that PWR has built up to this point. So enjoy the review. What's up guys? This is uh, Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to the SGP podcast. We're ready to record our review of PWR's latest show, Octoberplex. We've got our tea, we've got our honey, we've also got our reviewer. So let's welcome to the podcast for, for the, the first, first time, time. <laughs> a guy who you've probably seen at many wrestling events, both PWR and MWF. You've also seen him in the stand-up comedy scene. He's also a mentalist, and he's also co-hosted a TV show with luminaries like Red Oliero and James Caran. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys! Friend, yes. Friends of the podcast, obviously. Please welcome Mr. Kel Fabi. Hey, guys. Good evening, everybody. What's up, Kel? Uh, I heard you were leaving. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually having uh, a show this Friday night. Uh, called, that's actually that's, the night. Yeah, that's by the, the night. Of Friday, this Friday night. It's called. Uh, well, it's the Friday the Thirteenth show, so very apt for you know magicians and mentalists. It's called Despedida. So 
it's a pretty interesting show because uh, for the first time ever, PWR's very own Kaka Bros <laughs> are hosting. Can yes, hosting. Why? Uh, why? You told, why? Us, you told us this off why? air, but I want to ask you again on the record why, why the Kaka Bros why? are hosting this. Do they even know how to speak in English? No, Have I, you I checked. My, my script is in Tagalog. Oh, so they okay, are. Right, right, right. But <laughs> is it legible for them? Yeah, that's why I was like. Why them? There, there is an app that translate ev- translates everything you write to Jeje speak. Oh. Right? So you know, really, does it, does it we go, so so you use this app to go back and forth. Yes, <laughs> so it's like Babel Fish for Jeje. <laughs> <laughs> why then? Though? Why the Kahai Bros in particular? Well, well, to to begin with, uh, I I'm a fan of those guys uh, with, with their commitment to what they do. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. it's like that's valid. You know, you know, it's like. Especially one of them, uh, Kendrick specifically. No, yes. All the ones. <laughs> well, at least he's the one who doesn't put his hands on his pants, right? Yeah, I was gonna say if it was Marky, I judge. Wash, him, wash the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys, I, I think they're they're gonna go places, not necessarily great places, but places. <laughs> If if their if their recent um, PWR aftershock videos are to go by, I don't know, man. They might be going places, but I don't want to see them go there. <laughs> places no one will find. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> all right. He gets it. But where are you going though? Why is it a despedida? And are you going anywhere? Uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, migrate. Uh, I, I'm migrating at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, uh, we're essentially I'm. Starting over. <laughs> All right. So we're. Uh, I've been doing magic specifically for eleven years as a mentalist. So this, I've been celebrating like on a yearly basis for the most part. I've missed a few years here and there, but for the most part, I would have an annual one big show All every right. year that's All right. public. Because most of the time, most of my gigs are you know privately private booked. Things, yeah. yeah, yeah, corporate events and whatnot. So this one is uh, my final show. So I'm. I'm performing with some people that I never expected I'd perform with mm-hmm. again. You know, including a particular stand-up comedian I had uh, I had beef with. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know if I could name him because he's uh, he's from the opposite. All right. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I have this, that has nothing to do with us. So. Yeah. 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 yeah so but like, are you cool. escaping this government? Hey. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I I think to contextualize, we also have to say that Kel Fabi is a writer. Yes. Mm. Yes. And he's a very opinionated writer for a particular site yes. that thrives on its listicles. Yes. And yes. its listicles, they're usually. Can I even drop them? They, they, they come in. They come in. But even that, 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 A-list.th and if you know the stuff that A-list writes it's very critical of the current government and its little minions it's actually pretty good stuff it is good stuff and it's critical of even the past government yeah, come on yeah, yeah, we've been around since 2012 yeah. this is nothing new yeah. this is which is why we, uh, you do good work which is why it's funny when people say where were, where were you when Noyner was there and then I just throw them 50 plus articles where yes I did attack the pre- previous administration yeah. and it's all there so uh, I, I have been writing ironically I have not gotten a single death threat involving this current administration. Good you for and you. I both. Yeah. I've gotten threats from BDSM practitioners. I've gotten <laughs> threats from Ann Curtis fans, Chris Aquino fans. You told me the story. Yeah. Yes. But no, I, uh, nothing so far. Uh, but I'm not going to tempt fate. Uh, but 
you know, my leaving the country has nothing to do with that. All right. That's, All right. That's good, I guess. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I first met Kel uh, two years ago about ToyCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hosted the event where PWR was also performing. Uh, that was the event where Bombay suplexed Ken Warren on the floor. Yeah. So, beside the Hulkbuster. Yes, beside the Hulkbuster, yes. which almost got PWR in trouble. But yeah, let's not get fragile Hulkbuster. <laughs> Apparently. So that's where I first met Kel, and we'd been talking about him coming on the podcast. We could just uh, spitball about wrestling for for quite some time so I'm glad that we were able to make this happen before you finally migrate so let's get right uh, right yeah. down to it you've, you've seen countless PWR shows at this point yes I have you've only missed a few very few very few very few and uh, personally up to now my favorite would still be the one you had in Playgr- uh, Playground um, Playland. Uh, Playland. Playland. Playland so Renaissance this year Renaissance this year also a pretty good show Yes Actually very tight Compared to a lot of shows uh, Actually compared to Octoberplex Renaissance was incredibly tight Tight Yes like So if, if we could uh, if, if we could I guess summarize Your expectations Coming into Octoberplex What did you have in mind When you entered The Power Max Center Spotlight Well I, I, I wanted things Set up for You know For Vendetta Because obviously That's gonna be the last show I will be able to catch Live for myself For a long time Yeah I'd still be here By Vendetta yeah. But yeah um, I wanted to see that because uh, as I told you guys while we weren't recording yet, I watch like a mark. I, I don't, you know, I watch as if everything that's happening is real. Every punch, kick, and slam Suspend is real. Suspend disbelief. Complete completely. suspension of disbelief. So when something happens that takes me out of it, that really ruins my experience. But so uh, this one did not have anything glaring like that. On that level. On yeah. that level. Nothing glaring like that. So on the... On the up and up, it was pretty. It was a pretty good show. It's just that there were some things that kept it from breaking into the next level. The mm. way the way Renaissance did for okay. me. Okay, so it's it's a middling show for the year. For the year, it's uh it's your average show, which is uh, good because your average show for PWR has been good. Okay, uh, that's good. I, I'll safely say that since you guys left MCS, your shows have been really good. Yes, I would Thank agree you. with that. Oh. I would agree with that. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for that constructive feedback so far. But I think it's also time for us to go match per match and segment okay, per segment. Sure. So let's start off with the pre-show. Uh, I believe the first one was Trabajador 4 versus Revo Ranger. No, Capitan no. PWR. Sorry, Capitan PWR. Oh my god, what kind of These GM are not, you? Oh my god, do you confuse the two just because they wear the same colors? No, I confuse the two because I've got a lot on my mind, including a five-on-five next month. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's valid. Mm-hmm. That's valid. Di ko naman ako yung fifth man eh. All right, so so Trabajador uh, 4 versus Capitan PWR. Any big takeaways from that match? I was rooting for Trabajador Cuatro. Mm. Uh, I've been rooting for him since I started seeing him. <laughs> uh, and he's, What is it about him? Uh, his can-do attitude. Like, I've seen the other Trabajadors. This is the only guy I would literally root for uh, among the Trabajadors. He's the only one who has given you a reason to Yeah, that he's yeah. more than just. Yes, exactly. But he's going against the code, though. <laughs> how, do you, okay, how do you feel about his story arc as a whole? Well, if it's gonna lead somewhere, I think it's promising because imagine if you have a, a secret cabal of people who whose destiny is they will always have to lose, and this is one guy who's so good, and, and yet everyone around him, his supposed support group, wants him to keep failing, and that's I, the way because that is the way. But sometimes you you realize maybe this is not where you're supposed to be. Do you think that the council is a cult? No, I think. I think Trabador <laughs> Cuatro is Moana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, yeah, his gear, his gear might suggest that. Yeah, who, who knows? He might discover that the Council of Trabajadores used to be 
used to have their winning ways before they lost the way. <laughs> you don't know that. Why does it seem like an, like there's a college basketball analogy? No, somewhere. there is a high school musical <laughs> analogy here ah, because he's go. gotta find his, he's gotta go his own way. Yeah. So 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 there. And it, for me, it was a, a nice touch when I heard uh, Trabajador Supremo speaking because I kind of recognized his voice. I'm not <laughs> okay, gonna spot, okay, okay. but it was pretty funny, especially when they they gave him a beat down out of love. <laughs> like, I was still totally into it. Like, as long as you're concerned, yeah, this this. Could happen. This could. This thing could totally happen. Uh, but uh, again, I think that if this is going to lead somewhere, I really hope it does because this guy, uh, Trabador Cuatro, he he has the potential to actually, you know, have a one man against an entire faction thing going. That's that's a pretty big storyline, even if it's the Council of Trabajadores that he's going against. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Right. But I have to say, I'm not a fan of the other guy in the ring. Captain PWR. Captain PWR. Not, not oh, for anything, but because he seems hella redundant with Reverend oh. Interesting. It just seems pretty redundant. That there's a Captain PWR. It's like you have two mascots. Ah. ah. But one is. One is. Sai. <laughs> the other is. It's like you have two mascots, and w- neither of them have yet to get over or to be popular enough to really be a mascot. Okay. Because okay. okay. right okay. now, if you're if you're if PWR is gonna have a mascot, like hypothetically, it would still be JDL. Okay. Like okay. you know, if you're gonna turn him to an animated thing, he, he <laughs> wow. could be your mascot. All right. Okay. Valid. Valid. I like how you just broke down a pre-show angle in in, in a very compelling fashion, So it, it, it's not something that we can say about every pre-show that we've had yeah. since PWR started doing pre-shows. So I, I'd like to think we're going somewhere narrative-wise. Yes. Next, ma- uh, the next segment was the rap battle, right? Yeah. Between Makata and Nintendo. Your thoughts the on rap that? battle? That seemed unquote. that seemed to cut a little close to the bone. The the rap by Makata, because I I, I I I know Nintendo personally. I I, I I know you guys have seen me have. You know, dinner with him during the MCS days. Yeah, because right? yep. he's been a friend of mine for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also know his personality and you know his quirks. Okay, so I kind of you know when that rap, I heard that rap, I was like, wow. I, I don't know how much of that is just made up and how much of that is real. <laughs> and I don't want to know. <laughs> but isn't that the beauty of wrestling? That, that like is when the beauty we, of it. When we can't, when we cannot draw the line. Yeah, that's the beauty of the it. separation. Exactly. Right? So uh, did, did Makata go too far? No. Okay. No, I, I think he actually held himself back because. But it's just that if you know the persons involved, you think there's a lot going on behind it. Uh-huh, but, but as far as the actual rap, he still I still feel that Makata needs to step his rapping his rap game up. Okay, because you know hypothetically, I think John Sebastian could wrap circles around him if he tried. But is Makata's little baby face at this point with the things he does? Like say the way that he just went at Nintendo with no mercy at uh, Octoberplex. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, he's still, uh, you know, he, I mean, he's playing John Cena 1.0. I mean, 1.5. The, <laughs> yeah, 1. 5. The thug life guy, you know. Doctor so, of Thugonomics. Doctor of Thugonomics, except he was, you know, he's going after heels mm. in this case. So uh, I, I think he's still well within the realm of uh, a baby face. It's just that so far, uh, his matches with Nintendo, uh, when I, uh, they've already tangled twice at least yeah, from what yeah, I've yeah. seen, uh, they haven't been that compelling. I've always just been looking for to what happens after the match okay. because um, for me my problem with the whole Nintendo heel turn was normally you do a you do a heel turn and you start 
you know, getting some momentum. And that has not happened for him. Okay. I, I, I felt bad for the guy. All right. But now, finally, he's getting something going with, you know, with the one-word retort and then time. That was a really good way to, you know, okay. to establish him. Because otherwise, I don't think he could have... You know, that was a good step for you, though. Yeah, it was All a good right. step because sud- finally there's some something going on with him rather than just uh, what do you call that? Uh, like he's, he's in hamster wheel treadmill yeah. going through the motion. Yeah, so at least finally there's some semblance of direction for him, and I, I'm looking forward to that because I was looking forward to that since the day he turned heel. Okay, okay. Next up, you've got the main show. It was a non-title match which ended in a squash for Revo Ranger, who got defeated by the Apocalypse. Also not a fan of the Revo Ranger. <laughs> Alright, what is it about the Revo Ranger that gets at you? Uh it gets to a point where it's too cartoony for me. Okay. Okay. That got too cartoony for me. I mean, I'm sure he, he has his target demographic. It's clearly not me. Okay. 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 That, that is what's sure enough for you to admit. Yeah. And most where most people would rather say now, oh, he sucks or no, he's you know, really good at the ring. Okay. You would say now, you would admit that he you, you are simply he does not, not appeal to you. You are simply not the target audience. I'm not I think, tar- I think I, I really wish more people would say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the target market. Clearly. Yeah, he's aimed towards kids because the PWR is trying to be an all ages show, and he this guy. Trying aim towards yeah, kids. Emphasis on trying to be an all ages show. Trying, but very, very hard. <laughs> but he, he's a nice guy. I mean, he, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Sure, but I actually like him in the ring. Like uh-huh. if I. You know, strip away the character Strip away the, the character. character I look at him in the ring He's pretty awesome But then he goes up Against one of my Personal favorites And I cannot explain to you Why I like him Apocalypse Okay Okay, okay I guess because I, I was, I'm an Undertaker fan Sure like Valid. Valid. Kane, Valid And this guy Unless you hand him the mic He's awesome in the ring <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'll say that I'll say that with, with love Hey you're the reviewer So you're you can say whatever you want He's, he's awesome Until you hand him the mic So just Don't hand him the mic And he will always be Reliable. That's as far as I'm concerned. So this match, to me, was good. It was cathartic because, hey, look, the cartoon character got squashed. <laughs> but wouldn't you say that the apocalypse himself is also a cartoon character? N- not quite, because he was he was given a human side. They, well, people tried giving him a human side <laughs> over time. It's just that he ends up reverting to inserting himself into what eventually becomes triple threat championship matches. But now that he has his own belt to play with, I think that changes the dynamic for him because he's no longer just chasing monster running around and you know beating people up for no rhyme or reason. Now he's he all out war. Yeah. yeah, and now he has a reason to declare all out war because that's his belt. Absolutely. So how do you feel about the involvement of Vlad? That excites me. Okay, because exciting. I, I'm a fan of his work. Okay, I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of Vlad's work. I I think that these guys could really, you know, put out a, an instant classic as far as all out wars go. Does it have to be all out war? It's a, it's, if it's, it's going to be all out war championship, Camus, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if it's going to be for the AOW title, you know, the AOW title that really means something, uh, then there you go. Uh, I think that they're they're a perfect fit for each other. I think their their styles are different enough, but complementary enough that they could really have a great match. 
I don't think I've actually seen them really interact yet. No, so far. no, not really. Not no, really. No, no, no. Not yet, right? So, but you know, given the promise of the fact that the best AOW match ever has been the tag team one, mm-hmm. and Vlad was in it, and then you have the supposed specialist of the AOW format, the innovator, uh, the father, in Apocalypse. Then I, I think it's something to look forward to. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be, uh, well, fun in a barbaric sense. So, what's not to look forward to? At least there's direction for these guys. True. It's just that it surprised me because it seems a little flip-floppy for Vlad. But I guess that's his character. He's unpredictable as heck. One moment he's attacking JDL, the next he's attacking the Apocalypse. And you could say the same for the Apocalypse, who's also have some some sort of unpredictability himself. There you go. So, the two most unpredictable forces in PWR are going to match up. That's something to look forward to. All right. Next match was Sandata versus Marky with Kendrick at ringside. Yeah. All right, so uh, talk to us about your hosts and how they <laughs> performed against uh, Sandata at Octoberplex. I, I, I like that, you know, um, they're still not being given a win. I actually like that they're not being given a win. Why is that? Why is that? Because I think that... They don't deserve a win. No, no. <laughs> I actually think that it surprises me that as the weeks go by... The outright boosts start mixing in some cheers. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yes, yeah, sadly, sadly. Sadly. And I don't, you know, I don't think these are ironic fans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, that that one segment are you, of Are fans you claiming <laughs> that they have fans or that people support the judge life or their actual judge? <laughs> because they're turning into underdogs now. Sure, okay. they're okay, beginning to turn into yeah, underdogs. Okay. Imagine, pinagtulungan lang nila si Sandata, natalo pa rin sila. <laughs> It's like it's almost a handicap match with, with what happened with the shenanigans True. there. True. And yet they you know, Sandata still pulled out a, a very convincing win. <laughs> so these guys are turning into underdogs. Um yeah, you might say that they're turning to jokes, but their characters make them joke proof because they are the joke. The joke. The joke. So, <laughs> so everyone is in on the joke. And as long as everyone is into the joke, which looks like which they looks are. to be the case, then they're they're safe. You all can right. book them in almost any stupid angle and it, they'll make it get over. Okay. Well, <laughs> one last note on uh, the Kakai Bros before we mo- move on uh, to the John Sebastian promo. Mm-hmm. So how big is it for you that they really are very committed to the character, like from the clothing to the tarpaulins to Actually, yeah, the, I wanted the, to ask, the writing. Do they have, yeah, do the they writing. A, are, they ma- are you making them a tarp for your show? They said they are going to make a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all that said, all of these elements put together, oh, like how big is it for you as an observer of these of these guys? Again, remember, as if you're watching as a mark, you have to have people who are convincing as possible inside the ring. Yeah, for you to believe what they're doing. These guys make me believe hundred percent in what they're doing. All right, especially okay. since now that I've known them in real life, I know that it takes. There's a switch that these guys are turning on. <laughs> One of them. One of them. <laughs> one of them. And I'm not going to mention which. One I think of them. I know which one you're talking uh, Yeah, I also about. think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So, so do I. So that being said, you compare it with uh, a certain time where um, there's this other show. I don't want to mention which one. They're the opening match, it felt like the two wrestlers were feeling it out and they were still acting it out. So it felt like you're watching two guys pretend, who pretending to fight each other, but they know they're pretending to fight each other. Ah. And that takes you right out of it. Ah. And there's that, there's that, there's that ah. awkwardness. There's that lack of commitment. I, I there's that layer. I know what you're talking about. There's <laughs> okay. that layer that needs to be filled 
and they're trying to fill that plus the match. Yeah, so it mm. looks really bad because you know they know they're pretending. So it's basically the veteran piece of advice that don't play a wrestler, be a wrestler. Yeah, essentially that, but coming from a non-doer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right valid, valid, but it's still valid. Yeah, it can still be valid. about anything. About. Yeah. Next up, you've got the Team Sebastian promo where John Sebastian went up and hyped his teammates. And shield yellow cab, yeah, and, and offered Sandra to the, the the spot on his team. Yeah. I, I think that's the best and the worst thing lately that I've noticed with uh, the heels of PWR. They're turning into the same guy. Hmm. Hmm. I'll, 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 I'll specify. For me, there are right now two kinds of heels. You have John Sebastian and. Uh, Mike Madrigal, mm-hmm. the snarky, fourth wall breaking, uh, side commenty heel. Okay. And then you have the angry heels like uh, Ralph and well, uh, Rederick Mahaba, and that's becoming it's it's would have been become uh, it would have been cookie cutter if mm-hmm. they weren't compelling characters in their own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just that there seems to be only two archetypes for heels right now. And uh, bros, so. <laughs> no, because they're they're just all over the place. Both faces and heels hate them. Okay. So they're the they're a tweeter as tweeter can be. <laughs> or are they or are they shark poop? Like at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> well, you know that that's how they're being projected as. But that's the thing. It's no it, one likes them. <laughs> period. Oh, I personally like them. Yeah, he likes them because I like the their roster, commitment to what the they're roster. doing. Yeah, yeah. But that but that's the idea. Nobody on the roster likes them. So. That's why they end up becoming uh, an underdog story. Yeah, like a, like a, an underground sensation or cult favorite. Yeah. But going back to uh, that argument you presented, now there are just two archetypes for heels. At the moment. What does that tell you? Or what's the takeaway from that? Well, it's both good and bad. Good in the sense that I can still tell Mike Madrigal and John Sebastian apart very clearly. But bad in the sense that you know, maybe there are other aspects because um, now that you have competition, I see different types of heels in MWF. Sure, ah, like oh, yeah. each of their heels is a different archetype altogether. Here, I only see two. It's just that they're done very well. Okay, okay. At least we're gonna. Yeah, because there's a new ones. There, there's new ones. It's just that for a casual viewer, they might not be able to tell the difference. What sure. about characters like, say, the Yolo Twins or Crystal Ken, Ken Warren, heel, or Ken Warren or Billy Swade? What are they? There, you have you have the that's the, you have the arrogant heel, which is a, a staple. It's just that the kind of heel that PWR has made their own ah. are those two. The really angry heels, the respect me heels, and the, the, the snarky ones. But, you know, as far as the arrogant heels that I'm better than you, that's that's kind of classic. And that's a staple everywhere. Okay. Valid. Valid. All right. So so you've got the Team Sebastian promo. What do you think about uh, that, that story that, they, uh, that we tried to push forward with where John Sebastian was trying to recruit Sandata? I wasn't compelled. I did not think, unless of course something happens and he ends up turning. But I, I was not compelled for a single minute that I would think that Sandata would join them. True. Why was that? Because um, the worst that happened was Sandata hit Mister C, not the other way around. Mm. If anything, Sandata should feel sorry because it was a it was an honest accident, but one that he ended up hurting someone else. It wasn't the other way around. So even if you know lack of opportunities, whatever, he's not he's not wanting for opportunities. He's not wanting for uh, quality competition. He got his match against uh, Billy Swade. He got you know he got solid wins and losses here and there. So nothing as far as storyline wise. Walang walang siyang walang masamang tinapay si Mister C sa kanya. 
Wala, yeah. hindi siya kulang. So, so the writing wasn't as solid to give no, him a case. That, no, you know, it didn't seem like yeah. it was convincing enough for yeah. for Sandata to suddenly okay. switch sides. That makes sense. Okay. That's actually pretty nuanced. I, oh. I like that. Oh. Yeah. All right. Next up, you have Dax Xaviera going up against Peter Versosa. So let's let's talk about Peter a bit because you mentioned that there are only two types of heels in PWR. Where does Peter lie? Or can you even uh, tell us what you think no, of the Peter Versosa character? My, my, right my now? problem with Peter Versosa right now is that once he's not working in the ring, I cannot relate to him because he's he, his character has been stuck in second year. What do you mean? Like, um, what's missing, or what would you expect out of a Peter Versosa? I, I think the most fire I saw in him was when he was up against the the first ever one with Crystal. It's, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. misogynist Peter Versosa? Yeah, that was the most fire I've seen from him. After that, he was just spinning his gears in terms of he's become a lackey to the Royal Flush, then he's become a lackey for uh, John Sebastian. But the best lackeys are the ones that stand out in their own character. This guy um, blends in the background. You tend to forget that And you only remember When he's in the ring Because you can't say anything About him in the ring Okay So for me Character wise It's it's a bit lacking So if I could Tell you to say Narrow down The Peter Versosa character Say in a phrase Can, can you do it Or what would be the phrase Lacky <laughs> Lacky Alright You know So he, he's a guy Who's uh, Who does someone else's bidding He's like Oh nga Oh nga That, that <laughs> kind of uh, that kind of sidekick. She's like the crab and Goyle to Don Sebastian's uh, Malfoy. Malfoy. Yeah, essentially. Well, so I, I don't know if that's the intention. If that's the intention, then great, you're doing, you're on point. But mm-hmm. if that's not the intention, then uh, I'm hoping there's a change up there. Okay. How about Dax Aviera? Because Dax Aviera has had quite a 2017. Oh yeah, he was able to break away from uh, <laughs> from from Delirium. Now he's in this high-profile uh, storyline, and he's getting singles matches where people do end up talking about it. You know, a win against uh, against uh, Peter Versosa is nothing to sniff at mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, in the ring that guy's untouchable. So I'm glad that he got that win because he need he keeps he needs to. It, I think this guy. Could be the future. He just need to build him slowly. Uh, you know, he has the he has that it thing on the mic. Because most people like they can talk really well, but for some reason they just don't hit it well on the mic. But this guy has it. He he has a way with words. Even the, even the ceasing chants work in his favor now. Um, the trunks really call attention to a lot of things. It's uh, a yeah. Okay. I, I know. But but it makes him stand out because yeah. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who who you know if you imagine if Pinoy would never saw PWR imagine what does a Pinoy wrestler look like this is the kind of guy they would point to <laughs> yeah I don't know if that's a good thing or <laughs> but, no, I would say it's a good thing stereotypical it's a stereotype because for as much as Chris Panzer is the face of the PW, of PWR now being the champion. He's still not the Pinoy... Uh, he's not the Pinoy boy. Yeah, he's not how a Pinoy generally looks like. Yeah, but Dax Abiyeva right there, uh, you know, um, he looks like uh, Kiefer Ravenna. Okay, maybe Victor Anastasio. <laughs> 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 
Go with that. Go with that. Right, it's so, Anastasia, if you're listening. So, so looks like property. So, let's talk about the match. Uh, what, what did you think about the outing and um, about the story they tried to tell in in those ten minutes? Uh, there, there is a tendency to overbook, meaning uh, there's a tendency for a lot of interference to yeah. go around, and it seems like a, a trend. I, I guess it's the easy way out to, you know, to push the fact that there is a five on five happening yeah. next month. No, there is, uh, the, there, there is that. So you can't really, you don't want to take that away. So you can't have just a clean match between those two. Uh, but as far as uh, I guess the fact that nothing stands out for me is a is a black mark because these two guys are really good in the mm-hmm. ring, but this one did not give me anything that I could. You know, share with you guys that oh man, this this stood out. Okay. So, but of course, a bad uh, a bad one by their standards is a good one by anyone else's standards. Okay. okay. So you're looking at what, what an, an above average match. All right. At the very least, uh, a good storyline progression with the ejection that happened and the fact that the Daxaviera stock is rising, <laughs> which for me I I'm happy about because. Um, well, you know, you have your established stars, and now you're you're clearly there is a clear build build up of stars over time. So there's a pipeline. There is. It feels like there's a pipeline. There's a long term thing. There's a plan. There is a plan. It's not just you know people booking on on, on the fly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Up next, the uh, squash match between Vlad Sinsik and Brad Cruz, which helped uh, build up the apocalypse storyline as well. Yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. It was a build up for the match. Um, I just feel bad for Brad Cruz because I like I like the character. You mm-hmm. like Brad? Well, who? Why don't you? No, 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 who no, no, doesn't? I don't know. Uh, Chino doesn't. Chino Liao doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chino doesn't. Yeah. But me, I, I, I'm into it. I, I like the uh, the idea of a GGSS guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, gimmick, gimmick. That is the gimmick, but it works for him. But and, don't GGSS people generally get hate? They would have the character in itself should be a heel, diba? Right? They sure would, be. but he's, he's not endearing. super conceited. Kasi. He's yeah. yeah. It's like, it's you know. A, it's, it's, a, it's a natural self confidence, would you say? It's adorable. In, yeah. In a way. It, it doesn't border into Sander for the yeah, uh, levels. So it's more, it's more of Megan Trainer all about that base. That yeah, kind of yeah, th- that kind. Rather than Sander Ford, that I'm going to double my talent fee even if my talent hasn't doubled. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did I say that? <laughs> it's okay. You know, Sander Ford's fans might come after you. That, that, that's not fine. This podcast. I will have BDSM practitioners. Your fans for Sander Ford? I was supposed to book him, guys, for my show. For, for Friday? Yeah. Wow. Why? So the, before, wait, why? Before things started? Well, I mean, I did end up with the Kakai Bros. Now you know they're ah. you know, the transit. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and he did mention why he didn't push through with Sander Ford. Just, I, I just did yeah. a few minutes ago. No, 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 but why would you book him in the first place? For the lugs. It is a comedy magic show. Right. Yeah. Besides, he's, he's the hot topic right now. Is People he the comedy or he's, is he the magic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good question. <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> Now I don't know anymore. <laughs> All right, let, let's uh, fast forward to something that we do know about, and that was the amazing match between oh, the beautiful wow. one, beautiful oh. Billy Swain, beautiful, beautiful, and his opponent Zayden Trudeau. First of all, beautiful Billy Swain. No matter what you do, we will cheer for you. Yes. You can, yes. you can, it's you, hard to hate you can guy. kick a puppy in the oh, ring. Not, no. hey, 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 hey. Out of three dog people here. Wait, 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 wait. I am a dog person too. Hey, hey, the puppy is in the room. He's just awfully quiet <laughs> and awfully large. Fine, you can take a cat. 
Okay, see. Okay, I think you guys are. But I am also a cat person. I have a Russian blue at home. So he, he this guy is. You just cannot boo him because he's just too good right. to be booed. Yeah. He's beautiful. Everything he does is poetry in motion. But the thing is, uh, um, Zayden Trudeau delivered as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing with Zayden Trudeau is, since the first time I saw him, every single show he just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as um, new wrestlers go, uh, people I'm most excited about, yeah, Dax Xavier right there because he's already there, mm-hmm. uh, hitting the main event because the 5-on-5 the five five yeah, yeah. is the main event. Then you have Zayden Trudeau right there right. for me. And that's how excited I am about the guy. I, I don't know how he's going to be on the mic, but I don't care because his in-ring... Uh, prowess is just that great for me. So I, I'm just glad that he was the one who was given, you know, the opportunity to showcase himself against uh, mm-hmm. Billy Swade in what apparently was his last match in for a while. For a while in PWR. So it was a great match, top to bottom. The near finishes, the reversals, the fact that um, Zayden Trudeau won is for me. Of course, I would have wanted Billy Swade to win, mm-hmm. but we all know that Billy Swade, being the way he is, is probably as old school as they come. Yep. So we know what that's you about. Leave on your back. Yep. Yeah, we know what that's about, and I think he did choose the right guy to do the favor for. Right. And he really deserved that ovation. He got to the point that the entire roster just yeah. went out and showed him some love afterward. Yeah, he, he definitely did because uh, this guy seems to have an ability to just you know you, you know that uh, ability where. Some, you know, in video games where your stats, you ah, you add stats to other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he does. Okay, yeah, like, I agree. I never that. thought I would see. I mean, I already like JDL's work as is. I never thought I would see that level of him mm-hmm. in Revo X. Yeah. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I was I, I honestly I was one of the Panzer haters, especially during the MCS days. Uh-huh. Okay. I had a chant. I start. I would start a chant that I don't want to repeat here because I don't okay. want to hurt his we'll feelings. Talk about it off air. Yeah, but. Once he started wrestling with Billy Swade, now nah, I, I cannot bring myself to hate the guy anymore mm-hmm. because he's he has stepped it up. Yep. And that's the effect Billy Swade has had on every single person he has worked with except Makata. <laughs> that's fair. Well, well, that's that was fair. a squash. That was a squash. Yeah. That was a squash. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but speaking of the people Billy Swade has worked with, let me just go off on a quick tangent point here. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his really short time at PWR, Billy Swade has crossed paths with so many characters. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, from top to bottom, guys like JDL. Chris Panzer, Sandata, Zayden Trudeau, Makata. But that, that's at least five characters he's crossed paths, uh, mm-hmm. paths with. That doesn't count the YOLO twins at APCC. Rafi Mabayashi was also in the three-way mm-hmm. at uh, at Sugo, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's at least eight uh, eight wrestlers who he interacted with. If you want to count Blackzilla from February, that, that's nine. <laughs> it's nine, yeah. <laughs> right? Forget so about Blackzilla for a second there. <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> Billy Swade, his impact is really, uh, it, it, it's really been felt throughout PWR. It, it can be felt, yes. Right? So, uh, uh, you know, just one more time before we move on, a uh, huge, huge, huge thank you to thank the beautiful you. one. We raise our teeth. Yes. So we're literally doing that now. Beautiful. Crazy teeth. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Move on. Moving on. After the intermission, you had the uh, tag team match between the Yolo Twins and the Punk Dolls, where Crystal turned heel and cost the Punk Dolls the win. Yeah. So what? What do you think of that happening? Uh, we had a heel turn. Well, when the minute Crystal came in, my thinking was it's either Martivo and Robin were gonna win. Or Crystal was gonna turn. Okay. Okay. 
of course, when she talked to me after the show, I didn't tell her that I kind of saw the heel turn coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was still one that she needed. Okay. Because um, I think she's done everything she ha- she needs to do as a face, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, short of winning the the big title. But if you know, if you guys are open to having uh, women hold that title, I think she'd be better equipped to do it as a heel. To okay. be honest, <laughs> be- simply because, well, I, I I don't even know how she's gonna perform as a heel. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's only based on what I think she's capable of. Inferencing, inferencing, yes, and uh, extrapolating. But I think that she has it in her, not because, uh, not for anything, but because there is. There is something na pinaghuhugutan doon sa Hilter na yon. Okay. That wow, from from one of the biggest attractions of PWR, you're just turning me into a glorified valet. Okay. I I think that, you know, um, if you all wrestlers have to have a certain level of ego, right? And a uh, star as big as uh, Crystal that steps on her ego okay. and I cannot really blame her for wanting to, you know, to to turn because right. of that. Any, uh, any other thoughts on, say, the Yolo Twins and their performance or Ken Warren? Um, basically, be the same himself. thing uh, that you described Crystal to be, which is a glorified valet at this point. Well, that's my problem with Ken Warren because Ken Warren is my has been, you know, if my all-time favorite. Like, if we're going to talk about all-time favorite PWR uh, P, uh, wrestlers, Ken Warren is on the top of my list up to now. And I'm guessing uh, he may have been injured or something like that, which explains why he can't. Injured at ABCs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that explains why he can't wrestle as much. And, uh, you know, the Tito shirt and everything works really well for him to, you know, further his character more. Mm-hmm. What but about I, his social media game? He is the social media sinister. No, but that's the problem. That's the problem because we, we all know that where the Kakai Bros and TDT have all... Up their social media game, and now um, Ken Warren, you know, that's just a moniker and nothing more. But for me, it's like, you know, I, it's not like I was paying attention to the social media until recently, and all I was paying attention to was what was going on between the ropes. And between the ropes, one of the best things ever going for PWR was Ken Warren at his peak. So now I'm hoping he'll get back to those uh, ways, but I'm also hoping for a split with uh, with the twins. the twins at some point. Uh, I don't care who's going to turn or if if anyone even has to turn. I just think that he's better off on his own without having to you know ride the coattails of the Yolo twins. All right. Another tag team match after that you had MTNH. That's Redrick Mahaba and Ralphie Mabayashi versus the Fighters for Hire. Okay. <laughs> This was really good for me because uh, it's it's a great showcase of uh, wow huge clash in styles, like mm. clash in style between Redrick and Ralph as, as it is, and then clash in styles between the two of them and the fighters for hire. So it was a it was a great match to for me to witness, and I like the fact that um, Redrick still does his heel work so well. So well and so compelling, because um, you know when he ever he screams that show me some goddamn respect, mm-hmm. it's like you can't help but agree with the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, even if even if he does the jackalade, <laughs> like yeah, this this is respect for pro wrestling. This move right here, but you know, it's not the thing about it. He hasn't hit it in a while, no. No, he hasn't. Uh, but that's the thing. He's he, these two guys. 
uh, I mean, these four guys, they work well with each other. Mm-hmm. And I guess nobody expected that. And the, the fact that um, it furthers the 5-on-5 even better, uh, even further, you know, it's uh, it's something to look forward to. Uh, it's, it, it is a placeholder match, mostly, because you, you're pushing for Vendetta. But the fact that, uh, you know, it was, you know, to use the term, pay-per-view quality. Sure. Is you know definitely cannot be ignored. So since we've been talking about characters one by one here, uh, let's let's talk about Redrick Mahaba quickly and the heel turn from last May. Mm. So uh, what are your thoughts on the way they turned heel and the reasons for it in the story? I believe it, especially since I know Redrick Mahaba in real life, and that is something he would say. You know, that is something that would come from that. You know, these people who chant stupid things just to get themselves over True. instead of watching the stupid match. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, I like start, starting stupid chants too, but I believe there's a limit. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it's not that you can easily draw the line. But you know when it's been crossed? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when someone started the terrorist chant way back in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was crossing the line. Yeah. You know, so... But there are certain lines that you just don't cross, and sometimes they do cross that. Sometimes they take away from the match. Sometimes they, you, you know, that these people are just trying to get a re- reaction, any reaction, sure. at the expense of the people everyone else paid to see. Yeah, and I, I think that as a, as Rhetoric's character, that is a valid response to these people, and, and something I actually would get behind. It's just that in the. It, because it's turning on the fans It's mm-hmm. treated as a heel turn But really, is it a heel turn so much as He's just telling people what he The really truth feels that inside. you're not comfortable with no. Gotta uh, think of it yeah. I actually haven't heard anyone Any smartass in the audience recently I don't know if it's Nakikinig because sila. No, 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 I don't know if it's because No, I don't know, even know I don't know if it's because they actually uh, is, it, is it because we moved venues And I don't know The, the new venue is Farther from where they live, or <laughs> you know, to be fair, Heckler's Row wasn't in full force, but they no, were. No, there no, in... no, the problem with Heckler, no, the problem is Heckler's Row isn't even that, isn't even those persons. Na, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they stepped, they stepped the line once or twice, but then it wasn't that bad. It's, it's only now actually when you bring it up again that I mm-hmm. actually think of it. Now, oh, no, those guys who. Who would really get themselves over and be snarky at a show? I don't hear them anymore. I actually there is that one guy. Yeah, yeah, no, he's still there. He's, 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 he's still there. He's still there. He's still very there. loud. You you know his voice. You can tell. But I haven't heard him in a while. Oh, he was totally there last show. I you're hear really him. you're really far backstage, you know, bro. I, but no, I no, could no. hear him back. I could hear him from the back. I could hear him from when I was uh, in the summer jack match. But, 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 but to me, what's important is that the audience understands that now. Uh, and it's aware. It's, a, it's an yeah. educational. It, it 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 is an education of the audience. Yeah. What Rederick Mahaba's character is doing that you have to show us some goddamn respect. But in the same in the same vein, you can also say that someone who tells you the inconvenient truth is a heel, hmm. not because they're the bad guy mm-hmm. but because in your mind you're the good exactly. guy exactly so that's kind of the dynamic between the audience and Redrick Mahaba with respect to the heel turn exactly and that's what makes it so beautiful okay because I, I think what Redrick Mahaba's character is doing is that he's having a positive effect on the audience that the audience has by instinct cleaned up its act a bit and is willing to call out someone who's going overboard okay. I, I you know uh, whether it's the wrestlers or have you really seen someone from the audience just uh, call themselves out or keep 
each other. Well, well nowadays I would shush if someone's you know uh, getting too disruptive. Okay, okay. I, I, I didn't have the guts to do that before, right. especially since I'm sometimes guilty of making stupid chants. Sure, sure. But you know, I, I think the fact that we now know that there is a line that has to be there, that paying three hundred fifty, four hundred bucks doesn't mean they're your trained monkeys to play with. Mm-hmm. I think that shows that. Um, PWR's treatment of a heel character is very mature. All right. It's very mature because, yeah, you're booing these guys, but you're also agreeing with them. It's, you respect. And you respect what, they ha- what they're say. saying. What yeah. they're saying. And, and for me, the fact that um, it's Ralph and Rhetoric and they have such good chemistry together as a tag team and as uh, on, on, on the mic. Uh, on the mic? Yeah. They do because Ralph doesn't have to say much. He just has to say a couple of sentences. Redrick will do most of the talking, but and shouting and shouting, and that's in their sheer chemistry. And they both have awesome entrance music, by the way. Oh, underrated. So I'll think of it as I'll think of the audience's improved behavior as a sign that uh, I guess the product is getting better enough to the point that the audience doesn't feel the need to entertain themselves as well. Because it's also a factor. If you feel that you're not being entertained that much, you, you're going to go out, out your way to cure your own boredom. Actually, that's very true. And, and, and I can speak from personal experience. Yeah, we, we, I think we all know this. Yeah, yeah, of course. We can speak from personal experience now about when, when you're bored, not just at a wrestling show, let's say even in class. Right? Yeah. I know you, you probably know this from having taught students yourself. Right? Yes. If the class there's is boring, <laughs> yeah, there's a switch that goes on in a student's head where they will find a way to keep themselves entertained. Amused, yes. Right. So, so at, least, at least we have that going. Yeah, um, we cool with it. Huh? NTNH and yeah. fights for her. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Next non-title match between Mike Madrigal and Bolt, with Zayden Trudeau running in at the end when uh, for the save Mike the Madrigal save. was beating up uh, beating Bolt up. I never thought I'd say this, but Bolt is a worthy contender now okay. in my eyes. Did that um, match legitimize him? No. The previous match from the previous show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. The one with Zayden. Zayden, Trudeau. With Zayden yes. That that one for me was like when I saw it, it's like. I'm sorry I just found Bolt underwhelming okay because you have a fighting gamer now you have a fighting anime fighting fighting weeb so it seemed like they're almost redundant character wise yeah uh, but then he acquitted himself well because he just kept on getting better and better in the ring. Mm-hmm. And the the pinnacle of that was actually the match with Zayden Trudeau. Because to be honest, his match with uh, Mike Madrigal, while it was really good, still reeked a lot of choreography. I've got a question for you though, as an observer and mm-hmm. as you uh, you called yourself earlier, a non-doer. Because mm-hmm. one of the criticisms levied against Bolt, especially by keyboard warriors online, is mm-hmm. that there's batang nawawala. So, and, and um, obviously it has something to do with his physique because of yeah. the way he's built, because of the way he looks. But can you, uh, can you toss that aside because of how he performs in the ring? Is that still a factor for you, the way that he looks? No, I don't care about how he looks because, come on, this is wrestling. If I was willing to buy Rey Mysterio as champion against... Booker Batista? C, Batista, uh, Big Show. Come on, this is this is not a hard sell for me because I personally am bigger than Mike Madrigal. Okay, and I still think Mike Madrigal can kick my ass. Sure. So that's not a far leap to make, especially you know since he's he's Hokage and you know he has those special <laughs> abilities. But that <laughs> and he actual, actual Hokage. Actual Hokage. Actual Hokage. <laughs> yeah. But but he's that but that being aside, my only problem was again my suspension of disbelief kinda. 
was out of whack because his counters to the moves to signature moves by uh, Mike Mantegal were easily choreographed you could see it okay. you could see that he was about to do something because even the way Mike Madrigal would hold him would be different from how he would normally execute the move. Okay. So you knew there was a counter coming up, and it ah. kind of told me, ah, oh, there was something gonna ha- that's gonna happen. There- you know, adjustments. It's like happen. it's like when you watch uh, when you play NBA and then you see what is clearly an animation, ah, like a, yes, versus a natural movement. versus a natural okay. movement. So it feels like ah, oh, there's the animation, there's the reversal animation that's ah, gonna happen. Ah, yeah, that was my only problem. That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, it takes me out of it because I see it, it's like. Oh man! I never heard that brought up before. But I, I just have to ask: Is that like nitpicking already, or that? Yes, it's nitpicking. Okay, which is why I still say he's a worthy contender. Okay, and I think if they're going for a triple threat with Zay the Trudeau, even better because these two guys are worthy challengers to an equally worthy champion in Mike Madrigal because Mike Madrigal has been a revelation for me Uh, it's like um, I was disappointed that they broke up the tag team then I realized how much sense that made because now you have a guy who's worthy of the AOW competition and you have a guy who's worthy in the PHX division Hmm. What do you think about the uh, the angle between Zayden and Bolt? Now they have this rivalry; they're not enemies, but they're, they're it's healthy rivalry. Yeah, yeah, they have this healthy rivalry where one will go out of his way to save the other just because that's the right thing to do. I'm cool with that, and I'm cool with that staying uh, for indefinitely because I don't really feel the need for a lot of turns happening in PWR. More turns, especially in not, the same show. Yeah. yeah, especially since it's you know it's not a weekly show, so yeah. you can slow burn your turns all you want. I don't; it doesn't matter. But it's good that. There's this kind of rivalry going on because there aren't too many of those. Mm. All right. Okay. Next, you have the PWR Tag Team Championship match between the Network and Evan Carlo and Trien de la Torre. Oh man, <laughs> go go go! He, he, here's go. the thing. I, 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 I'm I'm super biased because TDT is one of my closest friends. Okay, I'm super biased, but at the same time, character-wise. <laughs> Idol James Martinez is one of the best characters ever from the PB, uh, from PWR. So it's hard to pick who really is your favorite. It's like you're cheering for both teams, and you're you just run out. You know, obviously you're not gonna expect a wrestling classic from from TDT and Idol, but you get that from their partners. Okay, because Evan Carlo and uh, and uh, Alexander Bermotti Alexander, I keep. You know, confusing with the, with the other guy. Um, AB3 ECX. AB3 ECX. AB3. AB, but AB3 is the good one. So AB3 really, you know, you, you want good a good showcase of wrestling, you have those two in the ring. Okay. You want great comedy, you have the other two in the ring. And the fact that you had dueling chance for Milo and Ovaltine just sort of cemented. Yeah! Do you think they, they play the role well and in yes. balance uh, yeah, yes. portions? Yeah, yes, they did. And I, I, I have to... Agree with one of the commenters before who who points out that Camus changes shirts when he's in Grab Camus character. I think that's an imp- uh, that's a nice little touch that allows me to tell them apart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he has the foresight too. <laughs> you know, and then thank you. And then with, with the whole thing with Cap, it's nice because they're it, it, you know these are fa- you have TDT and Evan Carlo who are still technically acting like heels because come on they have. Two guys doing run-ins for them. Yeah, they have henchmen. <laughs> they have henchmen. What kind of hero has henchmen? But That's then true. you're still cheering them on just because, just because, they're funny, because yeah. they're they're that they're charismatic. They're that's how charismatic they are. And then you have the network, and then you have the Kakai Bros run in because for me it's like 
of course, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if TDT and Evan Carlo won, but I really felt that the network needs to keep those belts just a little longer. Yeah, they've only you, held the titles for two months? months? You, you Almost two months. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to pass yeah. those belts around because for me, the tag team belts really, it's a great showcase of people who who are on the up and up. For me, it's like I, I I cannot imagine how it would be a few years from now that let's let's pretend AB3 would no longer be with the network. But I get glimpses of that in the tag team division. What can you say about the henchmen? Since we did mention them earlier, uh, you know, let, let's talk a bit about the Grab Camus and the Capitan Tutan characters. It's inconsistent with the fact that TDT and Evan Carlo are now baby faces. Maybe when they were starting out, they were being billed as heels, right? When they started out, it's just that uh, TDT's natural charisma just ended up making him get cheered, especially against Apocalypse. So it's kind, it's it makes them, uh, it kind of feels inconsistent. It's just that it thankfully the the characters are bumbling enough that it seems like good natured, especially since they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't directly run in. Like they do a run in, but they wouldn't. Hit someone or something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like uh, I'll, I'll protect them because they're my boss, but I'm not gonna hit the other guy. <laughs> so I think that that the fact that there's a line there's a drawn line in the drawn. sand because he hasn't graduated means. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> basically, what you're saying, yeah. Kel, is okay lang na magkaroon ng henchman, basta patay malisa. Oh, because they get away with it. I I, I don't think yeah. uh, any other app. Other than TDT and Evan Carlo could get away with having henchmen like that and still be faces. All right. Now uh, let's get to the main event. It was the lumberjack match for the oh, PWR wow. title between John Sebastian and Chris Panzer, and all of us uh, at a party at ringside. Oh wow, that was that was great. You know, I've I've always been looking forward to seeing a roster wide brawl. This is the closest thing we've gotten to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, path to gold. Yeah. Not not even path to gold. <laughs> nah, not quite. Because that's that's a match. It's okay. Actually... See, ah, okay. Gets gets. I get you. Yeah, but around that level of chaos. Yeah, that level of chaos. So this one is like. You know, it, it was fun. It was great because uh, for me, again, from a former hater of um, Chris, Panzer. Chris Panzer, this match again made me a believer yet again. It's like he just keeps proving people wrong if they have any doubts about him because he just got on a different level ever since I think this year. Yeah, he just hit a different yeah. level. He decided to take it upon himself to be the actual face of the company. So you're looking at, at this point. you know. Um, Essentially, what could have been the match of the night if it weren't for Billy Swade? Ah, yeah. For me, the match of the night was still Billy Swade. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think exactly. everybody agrees oh, on that. Mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this was, you know, the main event, and it's still a worthy main event. And the fact that the interactions were there, and then the will he, won't he of Sandata, it made me forget for a minute that, of course, he's gonna join these guys. <laughs> <laughs> for a minute, I forgot. But <laughs> for you, you could hear, it, but you could hear the collective gasp yes. of everybody when yeah, Sandata yeah. when he uh, shook the hand. Shook the hand of yeah. Yeah. got trade. Yeah. And then so, the simultaneous eruption into cheers when yeah. he turned on John Sebastian right then and there. Yeah, so there were a couple of awes. It, it was a it was a perfect setup. It was a great setup for Vendetta. Uh, you ha- and and you, then you had a really good match on its own. And let me just say that the after shop where uh, Rhetoric Mahaba was hysterical <laughs> that was really yeah. good. <laughs> that was really good because that just really put the whole thing like you know because on paper it looks like Team C is still under man. 
on paper, even with four against five. No, that's absolutely fair. I mean, everybody and their mother has been telling me that, and I just go, okay. I mean, if that's what you think, then yeah. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned the four on five. Who do you think is the fifth man? At wow. this point, uh, who would you who would you pencil your guess, in the your guess. Yeah, wow. who would you put your money on? Wow, uh, where's the smart money? <laughs> my, my girlfriend actually said Sandato's gonna turn again. Okay, that's her second bet. turn. That's her bet. She's that, gonna you know, do a Cody Rhodes. Yeah, she, no, she's gonna he's gonna do a Kurt, uh, Kurt Angle, uh, Steve Austin in Invasion. Ah, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's more appropriate. Yeah, 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 something like that. What was your guess, though? But uh, my guess is that. It, it just might be, you know. Actually, no. I, I'm drawing a complete blank. Okay. I, I I just I end up going. Yeah, it might be Sandata as well. Or but you'll never see the fourth, the fifth guy, and until Alaho Kogan shows up and hey, oh, he's gonna help out these guys. And then he, <laughs> who's trying to see on? Who's trying to see on? Oh no! <laughs> you know, because that that could also happen. But but for me it's like gun right to your now. Head. Gun to your head. Because the thing is, Thomas, he can't find anyone. No. Well, <laughs> no, he's thinking. He's a gun to my head. Can Warren? <laughs> Problem is, he he doesn't look like he's in ring shape yet. You'll you'll have to excuse the barking. That's uh, that's Bucky. Bucky. Yeah. Bucky, not the other one. That, that's Bucky, who's like really large now and barks wow. really loudly compared to like three months ago. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah hey, can Warren? Uh, yeah. You never know though. But if he's in shape, sure. Because with, with main max is an option, but I think those injuries take a lot longer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or 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 if by some miracle Chino Ginto and then he decides to turn heel on the spot. <laughs> but it, you have the problem of people who will be getting welcome back chance and then suddenly so turning. Turn heel. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of takes away the moment. Okay. So so if you had to narrow down your list, it's really just Ken Warren. Ken or Warren, Sandata. yeah, Ken Warren or Sandata because. The, the, I guess the good thing is that you know there are storylines for all the other wrestlers yeah. that you can't just take them away from true, without true. distracting from the rest of the product. But as a fan, with uh, little to no knowledge of the backstage goings on at PWR, mm-hmm. does that frustrate you? Like when you try to draw a blank? Because you know, we, uh, I think we wouldn't be on a podcast like this if we were not WWE smarks. Yeah, yeah, right. So we like to know what goes on behind the scenes, and we like to read the rumors and all that stuff. But in the local scene, where such information isn't as available. No, Does I'm, that frustrate I'm, you? I'm fine with it. Although, come to mind now, JTL could show up. But again, here here comes another welcome back and then he'll turn. But, you know, but that's the thing. I like the fact that these guys are technically within my grasp, like physical mm-hmm. grasp. Okay. But I deliberately do not let myself you know, get into any insider stuff. It's like, yeah. why would I have to? That takes away from my enjoyment of the product. Like, I would sure. have, I would have dinner with Nintendo, and we won't talk about what happened. <laughs> about we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that wrestling. We'll talk about anything else. We'll play Super Smash Brothers. We're not going to talk about what's going to happen next month because you know, for for that's not for me to assume that I'm worthy of that kind of divulgence of All information. Right. That's that not for sense. me to assume. I respect that. Yeah, I respect that a lot. Because yeah. because I've been a DJ and I. You know, and I Inside know, us. and and with other radio personalities, I do not, I, I don't get their real names until they they tell me it's okay. Really? Yeah, with with, with DJs because most of them, especially the old school ones, yeah, like, yeah, they don't yeah, use yeah. their real names. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like I would not go out there and say, "Hey, your name's Rico Lagbao." No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> 
and right. that, and then that extent that respect extends to wrestling. Okay. Okay. Cool. That, that is really actually a point that has never been brought up before. Actually, yeah. I love how this adds another layer to our little radio and wrestling analogy because Rowan and I and and Camus by extension, yeah. we've been developing this little analogy between both industries and how mm-hmm. there's so many parallelisms with, uh, between there both. Are. Of them. There are. There are. Right. Like there we, are. we've gone ad nauseum about them in the podcast and 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 online. So we'll probably share them off the air after <laughs> sure, after sure. we record. Yeah. But it's it's interesting that you bring that up. So all of that said, if you can uh, narrow down a couple of things, like we've okay. identified match of the night. How about the MVP of the night? MVP of the night, uh, still gonna be for me Zayden Trudeau. Okay. I mean Billy Wade, yes, but I guess we're, we we kind of got spoiled, and that's kind of expected of yeah. him. So basically, yeah. it's a local slam. Yeah, but as far as the locals, um, Zayden Trudeau, just because. Wow, uh, that was one heck of a match! And the minute he stepped in for to well, throw his hat in for the PHS, like, oh wow, I want to see a triple threat like this. And uh, Octoberplex was actually filled with a lot of moments that uh, you know we hope people would keep talking about. So, was there a moment that stood out, or or for you, what what, what was the best moment of the show? Best moment of the show had to be uh, when everyone was thanking uh, you know Billy Swain yeah. for. An amazing run here in Pinoy. As brief as it was, it was an amazing run. That's the moment of the show. Moment of the pre-show was time for me, just because uh, the, what Vintendo did. Just because finally direction. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And right. any comments on things like, say, the logistics, the venue, time management, uh, production value, all of that stuff. You guys are running a show that that is better produced than even some of the indies in the United States and other developed countries. That's true. I think production-wise, I mean, the, the nice thing about the current Philippine wrestling, all the wrestlers landscape. right now, landscape, is yeah. that once you're in between the ropes, it's magic. Whether MWF or PWR, but where PWR still has the edge is clearly the production values because... Uh, Quite frankly, outside of the WWE and not even TNA, uh, GFW, do you see the you know the kind of lighting in Power Max Center, the clear crisp sounds, you know. Okay. So, pretty much, you're you're running a world class uh, production outfit. My, I guess the only room for improvement is with the uh, the video promos, but nobody does it like WWE That's anyway. True. So uh-huh. it's like. You know, the most you can try is for is a distant second. Can you mention the name of the guy who operates our lights? Because he does deserve a shout out for the wonderful sure. job he Chevy. does. Yeah, uh, Mr. Javier Ortega, the, the man behind the lights. Uh, lights it, guy. This is this is actually his background. He took up theater in, in uh, CSB. So when he graduated, he figured uh, at some point I'm probably going to be able to learn how to work this stuff. And <laughs> lo and behold, he's able to practice this shit at PWR. So uh, Javi, doing you a great job with lending your talent. Thanks, yeah. Javi. Thank, Thank you for lending you. us your talent. <laughs> really putting everyone over from top to bottom. Yep. It, it's it, all the little stuff. It adds up to a much better product because you know the you can't ask for anything inside the ring anymore. And believe me, I've seen the improvement because the first match You've been I there for first match time. I've ever seen was uh, this masked guy with this bald guy, <laughs> and I hated it. Hated it. Yo, hey, yo, hey. yo, yo! You weren't the only one. Masked guy and bald guy. Can I just say that I was supposed to be general managing, but even I fell asleep because it took too damn long. Because like I, I was just thinking, like you know, I guess that's why they're the opener. <laughs> but, then, but then I realized the opener <gasps> has to be hot. Huh? Yeah. 
And for me, it's like, ah, you know, I, I had to wait until Ralph versus John Sebastian in face paint before things picked up for me. That, for sure, was Rebel X. Rebel X1. All right. Not a, not a bad time for you to have come in and like have seen the growth. That's no, because he, here's the here's the thing. I was invited to participate in PWR before the shows happened. Okay. okay. I said I was in a chat group with who turned out to be your head referee and the bald guy. Oh. Right? And they were t- talking to me about stuff and then, like membership part. fees and stuff like that. Oh. And oh. I was willing to pay the membership fees, just that they never got around to inviting me to the first meeting. Mm. What? Yeah. That's weird. Wow. That's. In a parallel universe. In a parallel universe, I could have been doing something for you guys. Hey, in a parallel universe, universe you could have been Mr. Fabby. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I don't think so. Mr. I don't Hell. think I, 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 I don't think I could pull off the authority figure. <laughs> All right, now uh, you've been a teacher before. Can mm-hmm. you give a letter grade for Octoberplex? You're talking a solid B plus. All right, okay. yeah, that's not because bad. Because Daniel Bryan far, was a B plus. As far as I'm concerned, the A plus show was really uh, Renaissance, Renaissance uh-huh. and it's hard to top that because the next show was good, yeah. but for me, that was an A. It wasn't an A plus. Okay. So now we uh, know. some people felt that was better. I did not. I felt it was really the uh, Renaissance. Renaissance. That was your best show ever. So in ever. your book, Renaissance is the bar. Mm-hmm. It's the bar. All right. Bar. And uh, before we let you go, any uh, anything in particular that you're excited about come vendetta? Like any moment or any just anything? Well, I, I'll just say that. I hope something really big comes out of the storyline because we've seen Mr. C fired before. Yeah. So it's like, if they're just going to retread that, it doesn't really lead into much for 2018. So even if it, whether he gets fired or not, I hope something different comes out. You don't out have to refer to me in the third person. I'm right here. Right there, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm keeping you know, the character. No, same guy. But for me, that's exactly the point. I just don't think that... Um, it serves any purpose to go back down that road exactly the same way. So All I'm right. hoping whether you get fired or not, something different happens this time. Sure. Okay. I think that's a fair expectation. And uh, uh, we did the plugs for Despedida, which is happening tonight by the time this gets uh, this gets released. But where can our listeners follow you on social media for all of your musings on this administration, on wrestling, and everything in between? Well, uh, on social media, I'm at Kelfabi, K-E-L-F-A-B-I-E. So that's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, 8list.ph where I write... Uh, on a, on regular. a regular basis yeah. So even even when I go to the States I still be writing for them Although I'm hoping to apply for crack.com Oh, hey, cool That cool. is the goal Hey, if, if, the if, if you get the crap on Mohaus on crack.com Why <laughs> not, right? You'd be a hero of ours <laughs> yes. right? Alright, I, I guess that uh, That brings our review of PWR Live Octoberplex to an end Thank you very much, Kel For making your way to Makati And sharing your thoughts on all of the characters Your insights All of your takeaways from the show last Sunday Yeah, thank you very much Because you, you know I've been raring to go for this for a long time I've, I've <laughs> thrown my hat in for a while oh. And I just didn't want to push, be pushy with you guys No, no, we appreciate oh, that you weren't uh, That you didn't push it So we appreciated that Obviously, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at Vendetta. Yeah, I will definitely be there at so. the next and, NWF and show. show. And, and yeah. show. And yeah. show. And yeah. show. Yeah, because we're gonna be talking a lot about those those shows in between. And yeah, best of luck on Despedida. And I hope that the Kakai Bros don't turn you judge. <laughs> nah. Oh, by the way, just just to let you guys know, a little insider thing. It's the main reason I got them was I planned to do a web show. Ah. Oh, so it, it's like a cultural exchange thing. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So you're gonna help them be cultured. <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna be your Borat. <laughs> so they're gonna be your. No. Yeah, they're gonna be your Borat. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks, Cal. <laughs> Thanks again to Cal Fabi for coming over all the way from Katipunan to record with us and to do the review for Octoberplex. Now, before we get to our picks of the week, we just want to remind everybody that this week we also celebrated what would have been the birthdays of Eddie Guerrero and Dusty Rhodes, two late great superstars that a lot of us in the local wrestling community love, idolize, look up to, and I, I guess to some degree, aspire to be. Yeah, it's actually quite Absolutely. nice that the WWE Network is running Dusty Special tonight. Ah, check that out. Na parang, Did they run any special? Um, parang I haven't, I didn't see it. But then, like when I turned it on to watch NXT kanina, it was up. Okay. So well, there nice. there will always be the Eddie collection. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a great uh, yes, go to for all sorry. the biggest moments, right? Yep. Uh, one one of my favorite uh, questions that came out on the Facebook group has been uh, name five wrestling matches you could show to a potential significant other. You're and welcome. Uh, the top of my list had to be Eddie versus Brock. No way out. No way out. It's on my list too. Yeah. It's on my list too. For obvious reasons. Yep. Anyway, let's get to our picks of the week. Uh, I, I guess I'll start, and I'm gonna pick the tag team Hell in a Cell match. Great. Between the Usos and the New Day. Um, I know that the Triple Threat was a great match, but I will confess to having fallen asleep when I watched it live because of my, of my schedule. Time yeah. New schedule. So I haven't had the time to sit down and rewatch that. Until then, the, my, the best match at Hell in a Cell for me was the Tag Team Championship match. All right. Okay. Um, my match of the week would have to go to Kushida and Osprey. Uh huh. Go. Very good. Very good. Osprey finally winning against Kushida and winning it for the belt. Wait, what, what event is this? This was King of Pro, uh, Wrestling. King of Pro Wrestling. Happened Monday. Hmm. Very good. I, I caught that match palang and the Okada Evil match, but my God. I feel I feel very strong feelings yeah. for so I would just swam with it in. Yeah. Alright, so I haven't seen that uh, that, that show yet, so I'm gonna go with the triple threat for the United States Championship. Um Good stuff. Uh, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Ty Dillinger. Uh, they brought it the entire match. But Oof. it never stopped and yep. it started hot. And yeah. Uh, better than the main event, I would say. Yes. Ty Dillinger is bringing it. Yep. Ty Dillinger right is so. bringing it. Yeah, I just hate that we didn't see him on SmackDown this week. It happens. It happens. All right, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the SGP Podcast. Uh, by the time this is up, it's probably going to be Friday afternoon local time in Manila. So you still have time to make your way to Century City Mall over in Makati for Despedida. Yeah, I'm going to say like Despacito. That was, that was oh, a, that God. Was a joke, I believe. Yeah, that was the joke. That was the joke. That Kel Fabi uh, put for, for his uh, farewell show. So do catch that. It'll be hosted by PWR's own Marky and Kendrick, the Kakai Bros. Uh, please don't throw raw eggs at them. <laughs> I mean, I know you Sign probably eggs, just yes. like them. Yeah, Sign but signing eggs. eggs, guys. Hindi ko wawo yung kakay bros pero signing yung eggs. I'll bring. I'll probably be bringing alcohol to this show, like the Robin kind, so that signing alcohol. <laughs> so aside from that, of course, we've got Vendetta coming up November five, and yes, the Yellow Cab sponsorship is legit. Presented by what? Yellow Cab. To all of our listeners here who follow PWR, do you actually believe that it wasn't legit? Why would we be lying to you like that and using an actual brand? Well, people were ask. They were asking these questions from ringside, and then they were asking these questions after the show. 
I heard these questions. Yeah, myself. I know. And then <laughs> I, I got these questions on on the on the curious cat as well. Curious But uh, we have a friend who is in charge of Yellow Cab. Would we really wantonly uh, make a joke out of his brand <laughs> for <laughs> our own interests for a pretend sponsorship? We would in this on the show, yes. But would PWR, which is a larger it's a medium, legitimate company, sir? Yeah, so... Good day, I say to you. At least you can't even use the good day. That's true, that's true. Thank you. There are I said good day. So yeah, the Yellow Cab thing is legit. And I'm not sure if Yellow Cab will have a booth at Paramax Center Spotlight on November 5th. That would be an sampling. Yeah, that would be great. But like, I, I would... You know, if if, if, if our friend... MDJ, would you, would you answer this absolutely important question? It relates to pizza. Yeah, and if you could have like the My Boxes there, that would be great. Yeah. Or if not the My Boxes, cut into squares lang naman para we can share. Yeah, or Charlie Chan for everyone. Yeah, yeah, Charlie yeah. Charlie Chan for everyone. Yeah, Pahit or Dinah, Charlie Chan for Dinah. That'd Thank be great. God, I, I, I could go for that. So, so yeah, uh, that's something you can expect out of November 5. Of course, you've got the big 5-on-5 between my team versus John Sebastian's team. Uh, new Team C-shirt up, by the way, on Funder Custom Thread, so uh, do look for that. We're also going to be selling them at the event itself, so uh, it, it's something that I, I hope that a lot of you will wear alongside us when we go out there and try to defend the honor and glory of PWR. Also, buy my shirt. Yeah, that too. Because I have a shirt too. All right. We all do. Yeah, we all do. Even the NPCs. <laughs> okay. I'm the only NPC with one. So we got to get out of here and uh, um, prepare everything we have to do for the weekend. So on behalf of our guest, Kel Fabi, on behalf of Ro Moran and Raf Camus, my name is Stan C. Do follow us on social media. You know where to find us. Thanks for listening. And we are out of here. Sit down. Be humble. Glorious. No, I won't give it.